Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and sometimes a little further than that. But today we're really staying right in the breastfeeding lane with my guest, Caitlin Arab. Caitlin, thank you for coming. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Marie. Caitlin is an attorney. She was born and raised in Great Falls, Montana. And she received her bachelor's degree from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., just a few stones throw from where I'm sitting now. And she met her husband while pursuing a master's degree at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. She moved back to Montana with her husband, and they attended law school together. After clerking for two years, they opened their own law firm, Boland and Arab, in Caitlin's hometown. They practice personal injury and consumer protection law and criminal defense. They have three young sons who each spent the first six months in the office with their mama. So I was very interested in Caitlin's description of what's been going on with her because I'm going to go out on a limb here and think that maybe attorneys spend some time in a courtroom, except that courtrooms probably aren't quite the way that they usually are because none of us are going anywhere these days. So, Caitlin, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to be a breastfeeding mother who was generally in an office or a courtroom. Tell us how breastfeeding was like for that, and then we'll go on to the next. Give us the normal first, if you would, please, or at least normal for you, Caitlin. Sure. Um, Well, I, as you said, I have three sons, so I have been a normal breastfeeding mother twice uh, and (laughs) in abnormal circumstances once. Um, So with my first two boys, um, one of the big reasons my husband and I wanted to start a law firm and work for ourselves is because we wanted to be parents. And I knew that, um, you know, the pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding was going to be a a big physical toll on me. And I didn't want to be beholden to anyone else's timeline about what that should look like. Good for you. Um, So, yeah. So, we we started our firm the same month our first son was born. Um, (laughs) A little stress there. (laughs) I had definitely had a lot lot to learn (laughs) um, at that time. Um, And so, typically... um, because we do a lot of criminal defense work, we're in the courtroom almost every day. Um, that's not true of all kinds of law, uh, but sure. it certainly is true of criminal law. Um, and so the the really hard part about being a nursing mom and a practicing attorney is that one of the important aspects of being an attorney is that you're representing someone else in the courtroom. Yeah. You're yeah. not there on your own behalf. Um, And for that reason, you will see attorneys dress very conservatively. Mm. Um, They 
you know, the, always in a suit, yes. not, not crazy hair, no tattoos. We try not to distract from, um, or we try not to use our physical appearance to distract from our You kind of blend in. Very much so. It's a conservative yeah. profession for that reason. Um, and we, so I'm sure you've heard the phrase that the law is a jealous mistress. Uh, uh-huh. It competes with the other jealous mistress in my life, a nursing baby. Of course. Yeah. Um, so the hard part for the first two times they did this was um, it's sort of a cattle call. You know, the, the court will set your case for one o'clock, let's say, and he set 30 or 40 or 50 other cases at the same time. And so every time I'd have a one o'clock hearing, I would have to bring my pump with me because um, I just didn't know if I'd be there for 20 minutes or two hours. Or, sure. Um, and so if the case went quickly and I could get in and get out and come back to my office, I could pump or nurse the baby. And that was fine. Um, but if it was three or four hours, I'd have to go into the public bathroom in a courthouse. And it's a hundred-year-old courthouse, so it doesn't have outlets near the stalls. Oh, my. <laughs> and so, you know, so I had to learn the hard way. I showed up the first time with my electric pump and looked around the women's bathroom, and there's no outlet. So I didn't get to pump that day and had to overnight deliver, a you know, a mechanical one. And, uh, yeah, so I figured out to bring my, my manual pump. Yes, yes. I always tell people, own a simple manual pump that is lightweight and easy to carry around, easy to wash. I'm not saying you've got to use it every day, but having it handy is a really great thing. That is such good advice and (laughs) advice I never got and wished I had. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) these days it's like wallet, keys, phone, mask, manual pump. Got it. You know, that's really funny because I was thinking of an attorney that I talked to. I did not think about her being a ter- an attorney until just now with your conversation. But she said to me, Marie, what is the best pump that you recommend? And I said, wait a minute, let's back up a minute. Let's talk about what you do in a day, what your life is like. And, you know, so we talked a little bit and I found out that she was an attorney and so forth. And she, somewhere in that conversation, she said to me, with my first baby, Nobody ever had this conversation with me. And I'm thinking, for for all of you mothers who are out there, I just want to let you know that I can make a great recommendation for you of what would work for me or what would work for Caitlin. That doesn't mean it would work for you. So I would really encourage you, I mean, wherever you are, whatever you do, just remember that there is not a one-size-fits-all here. And Caitlin, I'm wondering, too, very often, I hear this so much in the places where I walk. Oh, if we just had uh, maternity leaves for mothers, everything would just be great for breastfeeding. Well, I don't really believe that. For example, with you, it is simply not possible. You're self-employed, number one. And number two, you have no idea when that client's, or I presume you have no idea when that client's case is going to come up. So the fact of the matter is that there could be that benefit baked into American life, but there's going to be people like you who have got to go back to work for especially the self-employed. It seems to me like, though, you made it work. If you were to give some tips on what made it work for you, and we already found out about the manual pump, (laughs) what else kind of made it work for you? You had to make it work. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm afraid the the things that made it work might be so unique to me that it's not universal. Oh, oh, oh bring it on. <laughs> That's okay. We can yeah. all adapt and modify. Well, um, one of the things that I had to do is change the way I work while I have a nursing mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean, um, my husband is also my law partner, which is incredibly helpful. <laughs> um, and so usually we have our own caseload. Um, but whenever I have a nursing baby, um, he co-counsels with me uh-huh. and I co-counsel with him. And then I will write some of his briefs uh-huh. in exchange for him appearing for me in court. In the court, yes. Yep. And okay. that has been the way we've been able to allow me to be in the office with the baby. And honestly, there are a lot of people I know because my husband and I own our own business. And I always thought that it was like, oh, you know, what kind of nuts do that? But uh, we found lots of people who are a him and a her, a Mr. and a Mrs. And while we would not do it exactly as you've done it, uh, that principle, though, I think still applies. How can you share the workload in a way so that you can you know, kind of nurse the baby when the baby needs to be nursed. Were there other things that worked for you, Caitlin? Um, yeah, I've, I've had a couple moments of desperation where uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, after, after I had my first two sons in daycare, you know, they would inevitably get the, the daycare bug and we'd yeah. have to have them out of care for a couple of days. Um, but by that point, I was already back in the courtroom and, and assuming that I had childcare. Um, so I have had my long-suffering paralegal or my mother um, out in the hallway with the baby. Okay. Got and a backup plan here. That's right. And I'll yep. just be in the courtroom waiting for my case. And if I have a couple of minutes, I'll go out and nurse him and run back in. Not ideal. <laughs> um, but we've done basically everything to we can think of to to keep a nursing relationship going. See, I think that's so important that you were able to identify your resources. Again, not everybody who's listening is an attorney, but I have seen people do that or they deliberately will pick uh, a situation that is near to the mother, the mother-in-law, the whoever. And I'm thinking, for example, of having been in labor, well, having been in labor and having worked in a labor and delivery unit, you just don't really know when that laboring woman is going to deliver. And that might be about the time that you need to pump because quite honestly, that's just when it happens. Uh, but I've, I've told other nurses, make sure that before you go back to work, you absolutely know how to use that pump. Make sure you get the pump as well set up for yourself as you can before you start your duty. Make sure you bring finger food. This can't be a salad that you've got to wrestle with a fork. You know, you might have to pump and eat at the same time. All of these kinds of things are accommodations that you can make when you're in that situation. But man, you know, you got to think of them and you got to kind of think ahead. I want to hear about the daycare because actually, Caitlin, that's how I found you in the first place. I don't really have any judgment on whether mothers get their baby in daycare or whether they don't. What I want to promote is that for some mothers, daycare works. For other mothers, daycare is not part of their desire zone. 
Other people find that daycare it was really crummy for supporting their breastfeeding goals. Some people find that the folks at the daycare are very well-educated, supportive, etc. Why did you feel that you could pick daycare, and how did it go for you? Uh, well, one of the reasons I waited so long to put my first son in daycare is I didn't think I'd be able to keep breastfeeding him. Okay. Uh, so I had him home with me or at the office with me until he was nine or 10 months old. Um, And that was completely unsustainable in terms of trying to build a a law firm and be a practicing attorney. I couldn't have a baby with me full time. Um, So I, I viewed um, for a while, I viewed myself as a failure for having to Mm. get full-time daycare. Um, But the, re- the the timing worked out so that he started to wean himself at about that time. And so my supply dropped a lot. And then right when I put him in daycare, um, he weaned completely. And so for the first son, I never had the experience of nursing and trying to coordinate that with a daycare. Um, so it was my second son where I had to figure that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it I'm was really grateful to have the daycare situation I did have because they have a an open door policy and a couple nice rocking chairs in the infant room. Um, and I would go up at noon and nurse him. So I'd only have to pump for, you know, a morning bottle and a couple afternoon bottles and I'd get to see him. And, um, and I've just noticed with my own body that if I pump exclusively, my supply drops a lot so I really need that connection with the baby mm. uh, at least once in the day um, to keep a supply. So I, it, to me, it's really important to pick a daycare where that's prioritized. And Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I did, I think, two whole podcasts on how to pick a daycare center because if those folks are not supportive of your breastfeeding goal, they know you're going to arrive there at 4.30 and at 4.25 they give the baby a bottle. Well, <sighs> That's right. Yeah. My, my, the daycare ladies today, actually, I, you know, we're recording this at noon, which is usually when I go to feed him. Um, And I told him I'd be a little bit early today and they were awesome. They knew I was coming at 1130 and he was hungry and um, yeah. So you really need their help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that is like picking any other service that you have. I don't care what it is. You've got to make sure that the person who is providing that service is really all about you and all about your goal because, quite honestly, you're paying them and it's your family and your life and your kid, you know? Uh, So good for you that you have found a good one. Caitlin, many women struggle with this and I'm hearing what I believe to be the case, it sounds to me like you were just starting practice when you had a new baby. Is that pretty true? That's right. Yep. We had Uh for two years before we had our son, but that's not a practicing attorney. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I find that women feel a lot like they have to choose between their career and their family and I feel, uh, I, I think I hear that many women, and I heard it from you, you kind of felt like you were going to be a bad mother, a lesser mother, whatever, if you put your child in daycare. How did you finally get past that and move on with your career and your life? Uh, well, it happened the 
moment of transition for me was a conversation with my husband. Um, ah. he, he came home from the office one day and found me trying to nurse our son, who was nine months old, um, surrounded by briefs. And I was just crying at the table. Oh, I could not figure out oh, dear. how I was going to do eight hours of work in a day and be with a child full time. Yeah. And he, he knew that I'd been struggling to come up with a way to be a mom and an attorney at the same time. And he finally um, told me that the person who was making it not okay for me to be a working mom was me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I hadn't really realized that up until he said it out loud. And he was right. Everybody else was supportive. Everybody else <laughs> could do it. <laughs> yes. So um, I had to uh, get past that in, in my own mind because I was, I was the one standing in my way. Mm. Caitlin, we all have something to learn from what you've just said. And that is often we create our own barriers. And we think that we can't get on the other side of that. But truth is, we could remove that barrier. We just don't for for whatever reason. So good for you that you were able to get past that, find what sounds like a very supportive daycare situation. And uh, you've moved on. The babies are okay. Life is good. Do you have any regrets about putting the babies in, in daycare? Only, no, uh, the short answer is no. Um, sometimes when we've had a nice weekend together, I fantasize about staying home with them and not working. Um, and then usually Sunday night rolls around and I'm thinking, I'm ready to go to work in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so my my feelings about that are not, are, are pretty short-lived usually. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that women, probably more than men, struggle with that push and pull between career and family. But, you know, I know that when I put in a long day, a good day, a big day, I feel like, you know, wow, that's really good. I'm on a high. And I can hear that with you as well. You really want that. That's what you went to school for. It is. I went to school for a long time for this. And I (laughs) love it. I love being an attorney. Yeah. Yeah. And wow, good for you. I can hear that in your voice. I can almost see your eyes sparkle as you tell us that. (laughs) Caitlin, what about COVID? Because it seems to me that everybody has had a a different experience of the whole COVID pandemic. I know, for instance, that here in the greater Washington, D.C. area, at first, we couldn't buy beef and we couldn't buy toilet paper and we had to stay home and it was... It was really a drag on everybody. We couldn't buy diapers either. Now, I'm a little past needing diapers, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we kind of had that whole shocky thing. And then we've had the, you've got to stay home, you've got to stay home. And at first, that was pretty, and I can tell you, we've always had at least a, a one virtual employee maybe two. Now I've got a whole team of virtual employees. It's really pretty wacky. But then there's that other side. You know, you can have dinner anytime you want because you're home and you can kind of put something together and put it in the oven early and you can be with the love of your life. It's it's not all bad. But how did COVID shake out for you in terms of being a nursing mother? 
Well, COVID has had an incredible silver lining for me. I just couldn't <laughs> have timed it better if I tried because um, I got pregnant in January last year. So a year ago, right before the pandemic hit. Nope. So it's not, you know, part of the plan. January um, of, nine, of 20, in other words. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so the baby was due and was born in October of 2020. Um, and so, yeah, so since October, I've been a nursing mom again. Um, and it's just incredible because the courts, they haven't closed. They've just started doing everything but jury trials by Zoom. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so just like we're doing now, I will um, appear for court from my office and from the computer screen and I can have my um, window blacked out or my video blacked out. So I can, and my, and I can have myself on mute and I will sit here and nurse the baby and coo with the baby and talk with the baby, (laughs) dirty diaper. And then I hear my case called and I set him down out of the, out of the way and like fire up my video screen and my microphone and I handle my case. And what a great story. It's unbelievable. I just couldn't have gotten luckier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had a totally different experience with the third baby than I did with the first two. It's been so awesome. In fact, I don't know how I would go back if I had a fourth kid. I don't know how I'd go back. <laughs> well, I, I don't have any crystal ball, but I can tell you that I had to cancel three, now four of my live courses. I teach a 90-hour lactation uh course for those who are preparing to be an IBCLC, an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. And nobody thought less of me because I was canceling the live programs. It's like I didn't really have any choice. What I have found is that there's a lot of people who are willing to do online. I got my certification as an online uh, trainer. And I really feel like it has made my life better in some respects. Now, you don't get the kind of interaction. We certainly don't get the hallway conversations, as I like to call them. But you're right. You know, I don't I don't have to go anywhere. My my walk to the uh, podium is, you know, 20 feet down the hall. <laughs> there's there's a lot of silver linings. I th- I think I even wrote one entire blog post on just all of the good things that had happened. And I don't have any story as good as yours. Yours is just terrific. So, Caitlin, can you walk us through kind of just a typical day in your life with your nursing baby and being in court, except that you're not really in court? (laughs) Walk us through what that's really like. Sure. Um, This is probably the day in the life in the time of COVID. I'm sure it'll go back again. Um, But right now, I uh, am usually woken up by my oldest son. Um, and he really likes the baby. So he uh, announced to me that it's time to give Tristan his breakfast. Uh, sweet. <laughs> um, so I'll get the three of them ready for daycare. And um, that takes a good bit of time. And yeah. we get out the door. And I usually drop them off about 745. Um, and then I come down to the office. And I, our town is really small. So this is like... We're talking five-minute drives everywhere. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, no commutes. Um, I set my phone alarm for 
um, 10 o'clock and I'm, I'm just doing, um, court usually starts about nine. Um, so I will fire up the computer <laughs> um, and I can black out my screen and be working on briefs or doing other things that I wouldn't have been able to do in a, in a normal courtroom, which is also fantastic. Um, I wait for my case to be called. Um, I'm usually done with court by about 11. Um, but at 10, I pump. Um, my little phone goes off. And if I'm not right in the middle of my hearing, um, I'll pump the first time. Um, and then at about 11.45 or 11.50, I head up to the daycare to nurse the baby. Um, and that, you know, I'd be back here by 12.30 probably. Um, and then if I have afternoon hearings, those start at 1 or 1.30. Um, do those again. My alarm goes off at 2 and I pump. Um, and then I uh, usually use the afternoon to do um, substantive research or writing. Those are my times to get thinking work done. Um, and then 4 o'clock I pump again before I go get the boys. Um, and then we do, you know, normal home stuff uh, starting at about 4.45 or 5.00. That's a normal day for me. What's your evening like with the boys? Um, we try, my husband likes to cook a lot. and oh, good. Make, yeah, he's a good cook too. Um, so we try to make a large uh, supply when he does cook. And so usually I'm the one that picks up the boys yeah. and gets them home and feeds them. And it's usually leftovers from our dinner the night before. The night before, sure. Yeah, so I don't have to be cooking at that time as well. Um, so I get them dinner and we do bath time. And um, then they are usually playing with toys or reading books or something. And we have a staggered bedtime. So the youngest goes down first and then, you know, half hour increments and we sort of shed children for a while. <laughs> Shed children. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin, would you say that you're mostly able to sleep through the night or no? I can't remember. How old is your youngest? He's three months. And oh, no, forget uh, that. Okay. Close. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He's. I, I did learn, though. I have learned how to get them to go to sleep for a long stretch. So he'll sleep from probably 630 till 10 o'clock. Um, and so I have a chance to have an evening that's, yes. you know, not with a baby. And then, yeah, then, then he'll nurse a couple of times after 10. Um, we'll get there. I know we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I often tell mothers that sleep through the night is not going to be a realistic goal that early, but sleep for a long stretch is probably a good goal. And, you know, it really sounds to me like you're doing a marvelous job of being present to your children being attentive, being flexible, and yet you yourself have a semi-structured schedule, but somehow you make it all work. I try, yeah. Uh, it helps to, um, it helps enormously to be self-employed, I, I would think. Um, I don't, I, I get no gold stars for sitting in my chair until five or, you know, being right. here right at eight o'clock, um, those are the court hours, so I tend to be here at those times, but um, I value my flexibility very much. Yes. Well, I can just tell you that I, in my young day, had a job where it was very structured. It was an eight-hour shift. You came at this time, you left at that time, 
And pretty much your days were also, I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. You know, and, uh, it's, it's really hard to be able to do that and have any kind of family life. And I'm not saying, I just had this conversation with somebody the other day who wanted to be in private practice. And I said, just remember that while you don't have to ask somebody else for a day off, you do have to plan in advance for your days off. And you do have to figure out coverage. And now in your situation, you've got your husband. But so he say, wait a minute. So that brings me to another question. Do the two of you ever get away? Now, I realize with a three-month-old, that's probably not very likely. But uh, before the, the youngest baby was born, were you able to have a couple of getaways with hubby and have somebody else looking after the babies? Um, no is the short answer. And that's mostly due to COVID and self-employment. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, it. It's actually funny. We have this conversation now because yesterday the courts were closed for a federal holiday. Right. Uh, but the daycare was open. And that was the, we took the day off, Sam and I did. And that was the first time we have had neither work nor childcare since March. Wow. Boy, did that feel good. Boy, did that feel good. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Um, As we start to wind up here, I I just want to say I really admire all that you've done. I love your enthusiasm for your career, your devotion to your family, your good communication with your husband. Wow, you have, you just have so many good things going for you. You're uh, certainly one that we all can take a few lessons from. But as we wind up today, if you had some tips to give some new mothers who are employed or self-employed or perhaps attorneys, and maybe not attorneys who are self-employed. I know attorneys who are working for a big firm, but in any of those situations, the mother is employed. If you had some last-minute thoughts on some tips and some ways to make it work or even some lessons learned, what would they be? Well, the first one would be to try to keep in mind perspective. Mm, I like that. As hard as it is to have a new baby and a nursing baby, it lasts, what, a year? 18 months at the most, usually? Um, that that goes by in, a, in the blink of an eye. And yes. the yes. only reason I know that is because I've done this three times. It, it gets easier knowing that it's not forever. Mm-hmm. And whatever sacrifices you're making to make it work right now will pay huge dividends for your baby's health and your connection with your baby. Absolutely. So it's not a long-term commitment you're making, you know? Yes. To, make- for me, the, the logistics of it are going to vary depending on the mom and her situation. But the um, for me, the big piece was telling myself over and over again, this is not forever and it's worth right. it. Oh, I love that. I love that, Caitlin, because so often we feel like um, it's pretty overwhelming. And you're saying it's pretty overwhelming, but for a relatively short amount of time. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else that comes to your mind? No. No? (laughs) Well, that was a good one. (laughs) That was a really, really good one. So anyway, the message I guess I would like to give to all of our listeners is it can be done. It can be done and the mother, the baby, the father, the family can be happy 
you can make it work, but maybe just not exactly as you had in mind. It's probably always a matter of trying something, learning what works, backing off when it doesn't, and not going into it with the idea that it's got to be exactly like you imagined it because it probably is not exactly like you imagined it, but it certainly can be done. So anyway, I would like to thank my guest today. Uh, Caitlin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Mary. This was fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad. And for those of you who are out there with your nursing babies, or for those of you who are taking care of the mothers who have the nursing babies, just try to remember it's for a very short, short space of time. Live it, love it, enjoy it. And remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.